this is Dijon Responsibly. This is our uh, third episode with Origin. Uh, this is a series by Exponential DeFi, where we're on a mission to bring rationality into the space and make it more accessible to investors of all types. Uh, in this series, we invite builders like Origin today to talk about their protocol, their innovations, what makes them unique, and also what are some of the risks to look out for. Um, I'm Oscar. I run products at Exponential. Today we have Origin as our featured guests. Uh, we also have uh, Dawe from our team who leads research. Um, so let's get uh, let's get things started. Uh, we can start by introing our team as well. Um, David, do you want to intro yourself? Yeah. Hey guys, uh, I'm David. I lead research here at Exponential. Um, background is in Wall Street traditional finance, where I previously covered. Uh, uh, healthcare stocks, um, you know, w was sort of involved with the the whole DeFi summer and seeing the explosion of all the different protocols, and that ultimately led me to to make the switch over full time to crypto. Thank you, thank you. Um, and you, John, can you tell us about yourself and your role? Was that to me or was that to uh, Dawi? Yeah, to you. If you can oh, tell okay, us got it, got it. Yourself got it. and your role. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, got it, got it. I wasn't sure. I, I'm not sure if you referred to me by my last name or John. Or, um, all right, and, and yes, my name is John. I am the creator in residence at Origin Protocol. And so I help lead their content um, and host uh, the Twitter spaces that happen on our side. So it's kind of like a nice uh, um, collaboration intersection here to be on uh, Twitter spaces with you guys. So yeah, stoked to be here um, and chatting. Awesome, awesome. Who else is joining from uh, from Origin to speak? Um, Andra is or the <laughs> big person that she's like on the OUSD side um, and <laughs> worked with Josh and the team over there. So I want to make sure she's able uh, to join. She's on the invite. Um, but uh, yeah, so far it looks like myself. Uh, Peter is here. I invited him to speak, uh, but he's more on the BD side. Um, but yeah, I think Andra is the main main person that uh, we we would uh, love to have on. But otherwise, I could field questions uh, for sure in the meantime. Okay, perfect. Um, so if you can uh, tell us a bit more about yourself, uh, John, as well. Um, how did your DeFi journey start, and when did you decide it was time to go all in? Yeah, you know it's funny. It's like um, so. I used to work at. Uh, Instagram and YouTube for the past eight years. And I remember in 2017, mm -hmm. when you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of us got our first taste of crypto and uh, got involved. Um, I went to the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. I'll never forget this. Um, and it was a mm -hmm. conference that's like all about crypto. And I was like, you know, I should probably learn about the space now that it's taking off. And I met someone in the hallway, uh, <laughs> Josh Fraser, who turned out to be the co-founder of Origin, and he was like explaining, "Here's how the blockchain works. Here's like how DeFi works." I'm like, "Dude, what are you talking about? Like, this is 2017. Like, <laughs> like it's like all going over yeah. my head." He's like, "You know what? Just take out your phone. Just take out your phone." I'm like, "Okay." Right then and there, I set up my first ever digital wallet, and Josh transfers mm -hmm. me the tiniest bit of Bitcoin, but it was enough for me to wrap my head around how it works the benefits of it, mm. at least of initial understanding. And, and from that point forward, I was like, wow, you know, there's so much to be said about talking, but there's even more to be said about doing. And yeah, I'm forever grateful that Josh got me started on this journey. And now it comes full circle, um, being where I am at and, uh, you know, and, uh, and, 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 and working like 
uh, on, you know, uh, you know, working at Origin with like all of these different projects that we're uh, trying to get off the ground and all the success that we've had with kind of, you know, the NFT launches, uh, working with Paris Hilton, um, George Lopez, uh, as well as a lot of other, um, you know, creators like Don Diablo and, um, you know, Trevor Jones. So it's been very full circle, but that's how it started. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, I, I've heard of, of other, um, yeah, other friends uh, onboarding their own friends uh, by like having hosting dinner parties and then instead of splitting the bill, making everyone create a wallet and then uh, like sending sending funds across each other. Uh, it's such an intuitive way to onboard and get and wrap your head around instead of reading about it. Yeah, I wasn't cool enough to be invited to those parties, so <laughs> I settled for a hallway interaction with. <laughs> um, with Josh, so yeah, that was my yeah same intention, same intention. Yeah, same intention, same intention. But dude, I wonder if some of the people at those parties, like you remember that story of the guy who like bought pizza with Bitcoin and ended up being like a five yeah. million dollar pizza. Yeah, well now it's like two hundred million. Oh uh, lord! Oh cost. my god! So. <laughs> wow, wow! I'm like feeling the 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 pain on his behalf. The pain. Yeah, yeah, but hopefully, hopefully those dinners weren't too expensive after splitting them years ago. <laughs> Yeah, um, nice. All right, so uh, th thanks for that intro. Let's dive into Origin a bit more. So <clears throat> just to set, set everyone for context, there are roughly four main categories of stable coins. We have fiat-backed like Tether, uh, USDC, uh, Gemini, USD, where they are basically receipts on real-world assets. We also have over-collateralized stable coins like DAI, RAI, uh, Liquidity, USD, uh, most in DeFi are over-collateralized, where the user is borrowing against uh, themselves, basically. You post excess collateral, and you can get a stable coin in return. You, we also have protocol-owned liquidity-based stable coins like Frax and some others. And the last bucket, more infamous bucket, is uh, algorithmic with USD and some others that have, haven't been so successful. Um, where does Origin fall in these main categories, or is it its own category? Yeah, in terms of um, like, uh, can you can you break down the categories one more time? I think we fall into in between uh, a couple. Of, can you yep. uh, break that down one more time? Yeah, so it's fiat backed, uh, over collateralized, uh, protocol owned liquidity, uh, and algorithmic. Um, Broadly. Peter, do you, do you, uh, I, I know I was, I was hoping Andrew would join to field more, some of the more technical questions. I don't know, Peter, if you, uh, know that, but, uh, I, I'm just, uh, being here to join. Hey, uh, yeah, sorry. I, I didn't realize I had to be on my phone to, uh, to join as a, as a speaker. I'm still learning Twitter spaces, I guess. Um, and just to introduce myself to everyone since I can speak now, um, most of my background and my professional life has been in, in networking and cybersecurity. I made the, uh, the, the official, move about a year ago um, when I got bored talking to uh, IT departments all day long. Um, but uh, most of my crypto experience, <laughs> actually, I, I've been playing around with crypto since 2013. So I've, I've been uh, in it for a little while. Um, that's enough of my background. But um, any, anyway, so re responding to your question, um, OUSD is probably most similar to UST, actually. So, uh, so that's algorithmic. Mm. Um, but it's it's very very different from, from UST, and and I'm happy to dive into that. Yeah, I, I, I would have um, imagined that it's like protocol only liquidity based, given that you know you can there are specific ways that you can uh, mint or redeem 
origin. So maybe that's a good segue into that uh, that question. Uh, as a user, how do I get started with with OUSD? How can I get it? Sure. So there's there's a handful of ways uh, to obtain the origin dollar. Mm -hmm. um, you can use one of the exchanges. Uh, so right now that's KuCoin and Gate. Uh, if you're a little more DeFi savvy, um, we're on practically every single Dex at this point. Um, yeah, nice. And um, yeah, pretty much, pretty much everyone, every major one. Maybe, maybe not some of the smaller ones. For some reason, CowSwap has been giving us some some trouble. Um, but um, one inch Paraswap, uh, Uniswap, SushiSwap, KyberSwap. Um, yep. We're we're on, we're, on, we're on all the major dexes and, and, and aggregators. Um, uh, there's the, there's the OUSD uh, app itself, which is OUSD.com, um, which is actually uh, an aggregator in its own. Uh, which might give you a better rate than going through one of the other DEXs. Um, so that's an option as well. And then uh, if a, a single person or institution decided that they wanted to maybe invest a, a much larger amount into the origin dollar, um, mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking like you know, over a million dollars here. Um, we also have some OTC options uh, for getting uh, better rates with, with less slippage. Um, but... Um, I mean, any of the any of the dexes would would, uh, would be fine. There's a significant amount of liquidity. We also have a curve pool that's, that's got uh, several millions of dollars in it. So, uh, pretty pretty less slippage happening right now. It's it's designed to be one to one uh, with with three other stable coins. So USDT, USDT, and Dai. Uh, so going into the origin dollar should uh, sh you you really shouldn't lose any money. It should be worth pretty much the same amount. Yeah, got it. So the, the main route is uh, by trading either uh, on chain or off chain at a DEX. Uh, and if you're like a large whale, OTC. Um, and and how, how, how is the OESD minted? Like, how is this created? Is there like a liquidity pool bait, uh, that is supporting the, the coin? Um, how do you decide when to mint or redeem more? So it's, it's minted from the OUSD app. Um, it's essentially, what's happening is since it's designed to be one-to-one -one with the U.S. dollar, when you go, when you, when you deposit through the app, we're, we're, we're basically taking those coins and we're putting them into the origin uh, managed treasury and, and providing you the origin dollar, essentially like a receipt. It's good to think about it almost like a receipt, but it's a, it's a very tradable, uh, swappable receipt. Um, Receipts. Yeah, kind of, kind of like uh, if you've ever used Ave or Compound, when you deposit or or lend to those platforms, you get uh, you get the A token or the C token. Uh, this the biggest difference is that the Origin Dollar is designed to to, to be more liquid. You know, so if you want to maybe pay someone with it, um, it's it's very easy to do that. It operates like any other stable coin. Yep, got it, got it. So. Through the through the through the DAP, I can deposit, let's say USDC, and I get OUSD back. Uh, and there's a unique property about USD that not many or very few stable coins, if not OUSD, is the only one that has it, and that it, it is yield bearing. So, can you explain to us a little bit more about why why and how OUSD is yield bearing? Sure. So that that is the unique feature of the origin dollar that, that really makes it uh, well separates it from at, at this point any other um, stablecoin on on the Ethereum chain. Uh, so mm -hmm. when you hold the origin dollar in your wallet, uh, you might not notice it at first, 
but every single day you'll have a little bit more than the day before. And the reason for that is that there is a, a rebasing mechanism to the origin dollar. So when you swap in to the origin dollar from any of the three backing stablecoins, which is USDC, mm -hmm. USDT, and DAI, we're taking those stablecoins and then we are routing them through blue chip protocols uh, like Aave and Compound, but uh, there's a few others as well. The yield that we generate from lending out to those protocols, we're passing back to the holders of OUSD in the form of what we could call a rebase, uh, which is a, kind of like a dividend in a way. Um, yep. And that, that rebase happens every single day, sometimes uh, multiple times a day, um, but, but usually at, at least once per day. Um, and it comes back to you in the form of additional OUSD. So if you hold one OUSD today, tomorrow you'll have a little bit more OUSD, um, but that's always happening on the back end. You don't actually need to do anything for that to happen. As long as you are holding it in a wallet, uh, you will take advantage of earning interest with Origin Dollar. That's, that's super nice because it's earning uh, passive yield or passive income without having to think of where to invest or do anything other than really just holding it. Um, exactly. Do you know where does the idea come from? Yeah, like wh why making a yield-bearing stablecoin? Yeah, so, so it's, a, it's a pretty funny idea, actually. Um, the idea came from, uh, from our, uh, one of the founders, Josh, the one I think that, uh, that John said uh, he, he met uh, a little while back. Yeah. Um, so, so Josh was really into uh, to yield farming, and he kind of got frustrated with having to chase the highest yields, where essentially you, you pay gas to deposit on, on one protocol, and then maybe the next day a different protocol is paying a higher yield. So you have to pay gas then to remove your funds from the protocol you had it in the previous day, and you have to pay additional gas to redeposit it in the new protocol. So he, he hated having to, to pay the multiple gas payments, and he hated having to manage, the, uh, manage his position um, trying to chase the high yields, and he decided that maybe there is a, a better way. You know, maybe there's a way that, that he could automate it, and and that's really how the Origin Dollar was born to have a a, a system that could do it for him, um, but even one step further, where it's built into a token, where the entire thing is done uh, on chain and uh, within his own custody. Mm, nice. So it, it it is it is solving that painful headache headache process of chasing different yields across uh, across all of DeFi and just sitting back, relaxing, doing something else, <laughs> enjoying the dividends of the rebating mechanism. Oh, yeah. And it's the, the nice thing is that uh, it's, it's not only doing that for you, but it actually is able to earn at a higher rate than if you were to lend on any of these protocols uh, manually. Um, I can get into that as well if, if you'd like. Um, but that's one of like the, the biggest yeah, yeah. use cases. Um, so, yeah, yeah. yeah so I'll, I'll dive into that a bit. So obviously a portion of the yield is coming from lending out on these protocols. Um, but uh, th there's a couple other things that are also happening on, on the back end automatically without, uh, without OUSD holders having to intervene. Um, so we're also claiming any incentive tokens from, uh, from the protocols we're lending through. So that's, that's Aave tokens, mm -hmm. Comp tokens, uh, CRV and CVX from Compound and Curve. So we're, we're constantly claiming those and converting them into additional stable coins that are being provided as the uh, through each rebase. Um, there's also a, a, a small exit fee, uh, which is 25 bips uh, for those who choose to, to exit through the origin uh, D app. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a completely yep. completely avoidable fee, by the way, which uh, you can avoid just by using a DEX. Uh, but uh, sometimes you get a higher rate exiting through the, the, the origin app, D app, 
Uh, so people choose to pay that fee occasionally. And every now and then we'll have someone come through and, and exit with a very large amount of OUSD. Um, and so that, uh, that, that fee actually goes back to the origin dollar holders as additional yield. It doesn't go to the origin team. Um, so every, uh, every month or so, we'll, we'll have a larger deem come through. And on that day, the yield will be like somewhere between 20 and 90% APY, something crazy high. I think there was a day in November when it was almost 97%. Um, and then lastly, uh, lastly, any OUSD that's sitting on smart contracts, uh, this does not rebase, actually. The, the, the contracts have to manually opt in to earn yield. And many of them don't do this either because they don't realize it or they don't have the capability. Uh, so like Curve and Uniswap, um, don't, uh, they can't do that because they're not upgradable contracts. And so all the OUSD that is sitting in those contracts that should be earning yield, the yield is instead provided to everyone else that, that can have their OUSD rebase. And that actually leads to a, a pretty significant increase in yield. It's, uh, it's between uh, two, two to three times uh, because about half of all the OUSD that exists right now is sitting in contracts on Uniswap and, uh, and Curve. Uh, so between the, between the non-rebasing OUSD and the, the exit fee going back to the holders and the claiming of the incentive tokens and then obviously lending on the platforms themselves, um, between the four of those, that, that's how we're able to earn a higher yield than if you were to uh, lend directly on manually on any of these platforms. Yes, do it yourself. Wow. Okay. So let me recap uh, the different sources of yield then. So on the one hand, you, you're you know providing liquidity to lending uh, protocols and and a few others like Convex, uh, as I say on your website, and you're also claiming the any any reward tokens and reinvesting that on the uh, on the base pool. That's the first liquidity source. I mean yield source. Uh, the second one is the exit fee or the redemption fee. Uh, that goes back to, uh, or a fraction of that goes back to OUSD holders. And the third one is this um, like amplification on idle capital or yeah, on idle capital that is on the liquidity pool because not all of the OUSD, uh, circulating OUSD is earning yield only a fraction, then that fraction that is indeed uh, on the user's wallets will, will accrue yield not not the ones that are sitting on the smart contracts. They are earning a small amplification based on how much is being used for like liquidity pools and, and other purposes. Yeah, and then, I mean, so that, that was all correct. So in, and on top of all that, uh, there, there's also no gas payments required other than the initial one for obtaining the coins. So we are the ones that are, mm -hmm. that are paying the gas to have the, uh, the, the collateral pulled out and, and redistributed every single week. Um, so, uh, so you don't, no more gas payments, but pay, uh, payments, which is what, uh, you know, one of the things that bugged Josh initially. Um, so yeah, every, everything combined is, uh, is what leads to the high interest rates that we're able to pay. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the, the data that we have on, on exponential. I think this last week's, or at least the, the last days, it's been yielding over 8% analyzed, uh, up from like the two or 3% it was earning last month. Um, did you add any new sources of yield or did you make any, any big change? Yeah, so we, we added uh, two additional strategies, um, the, uh, the Morpho strategy and then, and then the, uh, the, meta, the OUSD meta strategy. Um, the Morpho one is interesting. I, uh, I, I was not uh, familiar with Morpho before 
Um, one of the other Origin teammates uh, discovered it and, and started diving into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way that the way that Morpho works is uh, it, it's in a, in a way a competitor to Ave and Compound, but it's also it also complements them. Um, so if you think about Ave and Compound, when you turn interest from them, you have to lend to the protocol, and then others pull from the protocol. Essentially, you're basically lending to a pool, yeah. and then others are pulling from the pool. Uh, Morpho, on the other hand, is able to find actual other people in the world that are looking to borrow what you're able to lend. And when it matches up someone to borrow from you directly instead of from an actual pool, uh, it's, able to pay, it's able to provide a higher interest rate because of that. So whenever yeah. we uh, yeah. allocate to Morpho, it, it's, it's us lending to actual people instead of to a pool. Um, it looks like we're not, uh, we're not lending too much to Morpho right now, but uh, it is set up to do that for, for when, uh, when the timing is right. Um, and then the nice. yeah. the uh, the meta strategy is essentially uh, utilizing the curve pool, the the new the, the newer curve pool, uh, factory pool, which is, I think factory pool nine is uh, is the one, um, mm-hmm. and it, uh, it 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 has to do with adding liquidity uh, when it's when it becomes imbalanced, and because of that, we're able to really increase uh, the the rewards from curve and convex. Got it, got it. Yeah, we, we hosted Morpho uh, on the last Legion responsibly. So oh, great. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, if, yeah, we have, um, oh, I forgot the name of the of the founder. Uh, but yeah, if, if, you, if any of you is interested in learning more, you know, you can head to, um, to our Legion responsibly link in our bio on Twitter, and you can listen to that recording. Um, also very insightful how they are managing that peer-to-peer borrowing. Uh, but anyway, back to, back to origin. Um, Okay, so you have multiple strategies, all of them earning yield, and the protocol is paying for the gas. So really for OUSD holders, they're just sitting back enjoying that rebasing yield uh, basically every 24 hours roughly, or sometimes multiple times a day. Um, do you know who are the core users of OUSD? Like who's, who's holding this? Do you have a sense if it's more retail users, if it's uh, DAOs or treasuries? Or have you found your your product market fit? So we're we we don't know a hundred percent who the users are because it's decentralized and and because we're not doing any KYC. Um, but we, yep. we we have a pretty good idea just from uh, paying attention to the wallet addresses. Um, so yep, exactly. a, a lot of them are are stablecoin farmers with uh, with large bags. Um, there's one in particular who comes in and out of the Origin Dollar. Uh, quite often with uh, multiple millions of dollars. I think he has uh, th- three to four million in, in stable coins. Uh, so when it's, sometimes it's profitable for him to uh, to mint the origin dollar and then pay the exit fee and go out through the curve pool. Um, but I mean, some of the other investors are definitely retail investors. I mean, we have plenty of holders that have like less than $100 worth of OUSD. Um, and then uh, there's definitely some VCs and institutions that uh, are, are holding the origin dollar. Um, and then pretty soon, uh, we think some DAOs are going to be utilizing their treasury stable coins to, uh, to invest in the origin dollar. Nice. Nice. Would you say this is, um, like a simplified savings account then? Yeah, it's, it's basically a savings account in your web three wallet. That's a great way to think about it. Like a high yield savings awesome. account even. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, right now with at eight percent, that's definitely uh, yeah <laughs> more than a savings account. 
edging into a, like an investment product. Um, right. So you, you've also explained where does the yield come from. Um, and so for any user that would be interested to know, you know, what part of the total treasury is allocated to what protocol, is there a way to know that? Yes. Uh, I don't know if I can post links here in, in this Twitter space uh, or not, but um, we, we have a, an, an analytics page, uh, which is analytics.ousd.com. Um, I think it might be accessible from the ousd.com website. I'm just taking a quick look. Maybe maybe not. Um, but yeah, it's, it's analytics.ousd.com. Uh, it's, it's always up to date. It, it pulls the data from, from the blockchain. Um, so anytime somebody invests or removes from the origin dollar, uh, it updates on the, uh, the analytics page. Um, and it also shows you how the collateral is deployed. So right now it looks like the majority of it is going to uh, the compound strategy. And then after that, the meta strategy. And then everything else is, is spread out between Aave and the other convex strategy and the, and the Morpho strategy. Um, so that's a good place to dive into it. And that's also where you can see the, the daily APY behind the origin dollar. Uh, so if you go to the analytics page, right at the top there where it says uh, the trailing 365-day APY, uh, it's a little it's a little bit hidden, but if you click the 365-day button, that's where you can dive into the daily rates. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, if anyone is interested, I just posted the website into the replies of the Twitter space. So on your phone on the bottom right corner, you'll see a button with a bubble. Uh, and there you can see the replies, and I just posted the link to the analytics website. Perfect. Yeah, that's that's super helpful. Yeah, and so one of the current like topics of jury is like proof of reserves, um, and so by looking at this website, we can know where where the treasury is invested. But does the protocol have any liabilities other than the all USD that is circulating? Basically, we have our own. Uh set of investments that origin's been making but um it's mm -hmm. it, it has nothing to do with the uh the, with the collateral backing ousd it's it's a separate uh business unit within uh origin that, mm -hmm. that we don't actually talk about that often i'm not actually sure if i'm supposed to be talking about it or not um but but um <laughs> As it, <you> wish. <laughs> yeah so it's a, it, it's little alpha for you guys um but um the the i think we're calling it origin ventures and Everything we're doing with Origin Ventures is completely disconnected from uh, from the collateral that is backing OUSD. Um, we uh, we're not taking any chances with the Origin Dollar collateral. That's that's why we only have the, the five different strategies, um, and that's how it's been since launch in 2020. Because we're, we're we want to be security first, right? We don't want to take any chances yep. with, uh, with with risky assets or risky protocols. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great segue into uh, like the risk section of this conversation. Uh, I think to start, uh, who decides, you know, what are, what is a feasible strategy for OUSD to accrue yield? Um, how do you assess what is risky, what is not risky? Sure. <clears throat> so the origin engineers are are doing thorough reviews of uh, of the contracts of other protocols and tokens, um, and they mm -hmm. when when they find one that they think might be a good fit to be another protocol to lend through or to be another potential coin to back the origin dollar. They'll spend several weeks doing that and they'll test the coins or protocol in different situations and different testnet environments. And they'll simulate different things, maybe like a, like a flash loan, if a flash loan attack were to happen. 
um, or yep. if they were to mint and redeem a whole bunch of the origin dollar along with it, um, they're, they're, they're making sure that every possible situation um, ha- happens with those uh, w- with other potential protocols or, or stable coins. Um, and then they're taking other things into consideration as well, right? Like they're looking at the current TVL of the project. They're looking at the life of the project and, you know, how many cycles that cycles it's been able to live through. Um, they're looking at what other integrations and partnerships they have. Um, of course, they're looking at the, the, the audits, the, the smart contract audits that they've had. Um, and then, yep. and then we would probably, uh, do some audits of our own on the project before before launching it, but um, it, it starts with the engineers doing their research, um, and then uh, ultimately it has to go through governance before uh, becoming integrated into the origin dollar. Yeah, sounds sounds very similar to the risk framework that we we ourselves run on all of the protocols that we list on on Exponential. Um, when you visit uh, any protocol page that we have there. We're looking at protocol maturity. Uh, so basically, how many cycles has, has this protocol been through, the code quality, uh, and also the protocol design. Uh, one of the things that we've noticed is that reflexivity is easy to escape the mind. Uh, so the things that, for instance, uh, just to name an example, Bancor was uh, backstopping in permanent loss with its own token. And then with the when the big crash in May happened, when the USD Terra Luna fallout, uh, you know, all of these token prices went down and they were they started minting their own token, inflating them to infinity. But it was also the same token that was paired with a bunch of assets. So essentially their own token was backed up in its own protocol. And so it led to, <laughs> it led to the protocol being stopped because they couldn't be printing more PNT more than what they have already minted. Out of thin air, right? Right. So, um, yeah, sounds similar to to what we do, and David can expand uh, a little bit later. Um, but before we move to that, what other roles does the governance have? So, the governance approves new strategies. What else can they do? Uh, so, there's there's a couple there's a couple other parties that are involved. Um, so, the uh, it, we have these people that that are, are working on origin that we. We coined the term strategist. It's uh, it's mm-hmm. it's a handful of people. I'm not actually personally sure who they are. Um, I don't know if, if John knows either. Mm-hmm. I, I tried to find out yesterday, but it I was told that it's kept a secret because of other security reasonings. Um, but uh, but they're the ones who ultimately can make the decision to determine if we actually can even vote on it or not. Um, and then after that, once they determine that it's safe, after the you know every, everything everything that the engineers um, c- confirm, then, then it's when it actually goes to the voting uh, stage. And there's a and then even after then there's, there's a two hour I'm sorry a two day time lock before uh, before it goes live just in case there's a, a last minute issue that we find. Um, but um, the, uh, the the strategists operate with a uh, I think a, a nine it's a nine person multi sig. Um, and they really can only control uh, how the funds are moved between the whitelisted strategies, um, and and that's it. And I think with their power, um, they they actually can't remove the funds anywhere but those those whitelisted strategies. So there's like no there's no risk of them like trying to pull the funds out and depositing it to like a personal wallet. Um, it's it's else. yeah it's it's all designed on chain 
to be very, very strict with, with their power. Um, we actually uh, have a whole page on, on their responsibilities and, and their powers on the, uh, on the docs site um, that uh, I can try and post in the chat here if I can get it off my phone. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, they, so they, they have the power, but it's up to the, the OGB voters to actually make the decisions. Um, Got it. So, so they propose and the, the OGB holders, OGB is a token of the, of the protocol. Uh, OGB holders vote whether they, they think the strategy, the, the newly proposed strategy is feasible. And then these uh, strategies can only move funds from the, I guess, the treasury wallets into the allow listed protocols and back to the treasury wallets. Yeah, so the strategists are, are basically like the fund managers behind OUSD. Mm. Um, the, the collateral allocation starts with the voting, but it's up to the strategists to actually submit and verify and execute the transactions to happen to make the allocation uh, move each week. Um, and then there's even, I mean, anyone, anyone can, uh, can, can propose, I guess, a, a new potential strategy, but the, the strategists ha have the final say. And there also is a quorum that needs to be met, which is uh, a significant number of OGV. I think it's, I think it's 10 million. Um, and then, uh, they're, they're like, there's like a couple of like small points, um, from the, uh, that the, the strat that are related to the strategist. So like, for instance, if more than 50% of the votes are cast for the existing allocations, then maybe the strategist might not, uh, take an action. They might, they might just keep it at, you know, keep, keep the allocation as it is. Um, and they also have the final say and can determine like maybe if, if a certain allocation seems to be unsafe, to the funds behind LUSD, then they may choose not to execute that strategy or, or decline to execute maybe a minor adjustment if uh, if the gas cost would be greater than the expected uh, return. Return. Mm, interesting. Yeah. How and how often are these strategies voted? Is it weekly? Uh, right right now, it's, it's every single week. Um, I believe the vote opens on okay. Tuesday and ends the following day or maybe two days later. I think it's actually open. It might be open right now. It's on uh, vote.ousd.com. Um, actually, no, it closed. Okay, so it's open from the, for the 24 hours starting on every Tuesday, uh, U.S. time zone. Um, and uh, so right, right now it's, it's weekly. I think in the, uh, in the near future, we hope to make it more daily uh, if possible so that we can chase the rates, uh, you know, even, even faster if, if they were to, uh, yeah, if the yield were to change significantly. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. Um, also, now that we are riding to the weeds talking about risks, it would be a great time to have uh, David join the conversation. Uh, he leads our research and also our risk. Uh, yeah, research and risk at Exponential. Um, do you have questions for the Origin team, David? Yeah. Uh, thanks, Peter, for you know providing all that great context around uh, OUSD and how it works and where the yield comes from. Um, you know, one of our core tenets here at Exponential is, is uh, sort of providing or exposing all the, the different types of risks that a user is exposed to uh, when investing in DeFi uh, protocols. And so just, uh, you know, wanted to dive a little deeper here uh, on the risk aspect of the, of the OUSD token. Um, I guess, you know, in, in light of some of the recent events with uh, some of the cross-collateral lending markets, like what we saw with Aave, and how, um, you know, having exposure to some of the longer tail assets, which uh, 
which um, you know with have l lower liquidity on chain and can be potentially manipulated. Um, where we, we you know we saw last week where Alve took in uh, about two million dollars of bad debt due to uh, the issue with the uh, curb token. And so, just curious if you guys, how often do you guys sort of evaluate your your strategy compositions and um, any concerns that you that you see from your l larger position in like Ave or Compound? Yeah, so uh, so so we're very aware of of the recent uh, I guess attacks on with Ave on, on certain markets. Um, I, I believe uh, the the three that we're currently uh, utilizing, which again USDC, USDT, and Dai, I don't think uh, they were really affected that much. Um, so we're not really too concerned right now about the cross collateral lending, um, but we're always monitoring the uh, the protocols we have uh, a position with. Uh, we're, we're monitoring it very closely, uh, and uh, that, that's actually one of the, um, the the powers that the strategists have to to be able to be able to pull funds out of uh, of a protocol basically at a moment's notice if uh, if, if necessary for the uh, for the safety and security of the protocol. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, what would you say about relative to the underlying collateral itself? Um, are, are there plans to expand that base beyond the three current stable coins? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, definitely. We, we've been looking into other tokens to, uh, to expand beyond the, the three that we currently have. Um, but um, again, we're, we're being very risk aware, right? So if, if we were to add a fourth token, uh, it would need to be extremely safe and battle tested. It would need to have sufficient liquidity behind it. Um, it would also need to have a sufficient amount of, uh, of lending and borrowing activity and interest uh, to make. Otherwise, otherwise, it wouldn't really make sense to add another token, right? If if there's no place to to earn interest with it, because um, in the, in the end, we're trying to generate profit for the OUSD holders. Um, LUSD was actually one of the tokens that we were considering, um, but. Um, Whichever one we end up going with, that it, uh, it's going to ha still have to pass the governance. So if, uh, if if the OGV holders at the end of the day don't think it's a good idea, good idea, and the strategists don't think it's a good idea, and um, the, the broader community doesn't think it's a good idea, and it uh, doesn't pass governance, then uh, then it won't happen. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, cool. I think just the last question for me is. Um, you know, I think you, you guys recently launched the OUSD meta strategy uh, for Convex. Um, my understanding is that the protocol itself can mint new OUSD uh, into existence to rebalance the pool. Um, and, and that OUSD is unbacked by any collateral. Um, so just uh, for, for context, is there any risks involved with that OUSD being minted? It, whether that can be released into circulation. Um, so that's a that's a great question. This is actually the first time I'm ever talking about um, about that specific point of the meta strategy. Um, so a, a, a lot a lot of the OUSD that is that is minting that, that is minted uh, for providing pool liquidity to that uh, that specific pool is not backed. Um, but actually, all, all the unbacked OUSD is controlled by the protocol, um, so it, it never and it never enters circulation without generating a profit for the protocol. Um, and when traders add or remove OUSD from the pool, it's, it has basically the same effect as redeeming or minting OUSD. Uh, so 
ultimately, it, uh, if, if on back OUC were to be pulled from the pool, it would basically just be burned. Um, but, uh, but we would be the ones pulling it out. We're, we're the only ones that are holding any OUSD that's unbacked. Um, but, um, but like I mentioned earlier, we, we've done extensive testing with this in, uh, I mean, basically in forked environments, um, simulating different situations for, for minting and burning uh, OUSD and deploying liquidity to OUSD, um, manipulating different, uh, different situations with Metapool and at various stages of the protocol. Um, basically, zero, vulner zero vulnerabilities were found. Um, and actually, the strategy itself was audited by Open Zeppelin. Uh, which is part of the reason why it took us so much time to uh, to, to launch it when it was initially uh, proposed a couple months ago, uh, because we wanted to we wanted to battle test it ourselves, and then we wanted Open Zeppelin to audit it, and uh, no vulnerabilities were found in the end, which was which was great. We also disabled the option of funds being deployed to uh, the OUSD meta pool as a result of of minting or withdrawing from the meta. Uh, minting or, or withdrawing from the meta pool as a result of a redeem. Um, so it, uh, ba basically, long story short, there, there is no, there, yeah. there is some uh, so, some unbacked OUSD in there, but uh, it's not going to enter uh, the market at all. It's just for us to basically earn additional rewards. Nice, nice. Yeah, it seems like uh, very similar to Fraxis AMO uh, capabilities. Um, and, and that protocol control liquidity, that's, that's, um, that's controlled by the multi-sig, I would assume? Uh, yes, it should be. Okay. Great. Uh, well, back to you, Oscar. Nice. Thank you, David. Uh, we also want to open it up to anyone in the audience wanting to ask any questions. I know, uh, MRLY, uh, maybe have a question. I'll give you, I'll add you as a speaker. Yeah, I think you can speak now. Right. Med also allowing you to open up your microphone. Hi, everyone. Thank you for uh, the time and the information. This is like really, really a good. Um, idea and and protocol i love it um i had a question about like um the level of decentralization that you are able to do and your plans for it uh, i assume that among all the jobs that need to be done and performed here from like allocating the the custom funds or the us uh, allocating the usd to these various protocols um harvesting the yield um, distributing the the o, OUSD, all of this, some of these things probably need still need to be done manually by the team, and I wonder how much is automated, and um, what's the plans in terms of like pushing the decentralization even further here. Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, so, um, a, a good chunk. Of, uh, of what's happening with OUSD is already automated, basically via the smart contracts. Um, basically, the, it's uh, it's essentially one manual button press that uh, that needs to be done 
uh, every week based on the vote to, to reallocate the, uh, the funds based on, on, on the results of the vote. Um, so in, in the near future, we hope to make that, uh, basically remove that manual press, make it so that it can be done on its own. Um, we're, uh, we're, we're working on our way there. I, I don't know if it's something that we'll be able to use a uh, snapshot for. I think we might have to move to a new platform uh, to do that. Uh, but, but that is our plan. So right now, yes, there, there's, there's one manual step, but um, that, that's pr pretty much it. Awesome. And one of the things, like, um, one of the questions I have is, like, it seems like OUSD, for every OUSD, there is basically somewhere a U.S. dollar or a stable coin, probably fully backed US dollar, uh, put in a smart contract, either with Curve, Morpho, Compound, and so on, um, or Aave. And so basically what, what it seems like is that OUSD is collateralized at almost 100%. There is no under collateralization like you would have in an algorithmic stable coin. And so it goes back to this first question of Oscar, where you guys like thought that this would be like mostly like uh, a little bit like UST, but it feels like much stronger than that. It's it's like UST in the fact that it's backed by um, other stable coins. Not it, it, not like a. I mean, it's also kind of considered. You could consider it kind of like Dai in a way, but but not exactly like Dai because with with Dai, it's it's like a whole. Um, lending aspect to it, um, so it's it's it's. We, I, I say UST uh, just just because it's backed by other cryptocurrencies. Um, John John might have a different opinion. Um, that, that that's just my that's just my personal opinion. Um, it's something but, new. Yeah, but but we're not we're not using like so. There there are there are four other uh, origin tokens actually. Um, we're yeah. not using any of those to back the origin dollar. We're only using stable coins yeah. that already exist out there and that have already existed for the past few years. Um, so there's there's like no chance of like like if the other four origin tokens were to die and go to zero, uh, the origin dollar would be fine. There might there might be some some interesting situations with governance where people could buy up a whole bunch of governance tokens since they'd be a lot cheaper. Mm -hmm. um, we we would have that figured out, I'm sure, um, but. Uh, but if if the back end collateral, if if we were to use, we we actually we we would never use we would never directly use at least uh, in in the short term uh, any other origin dollars, origin tokens uh, as collateral for the origin dollar. Basically, because of what happened with with UST. UST, yep, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, we're also out of time, if not a few a few minutes past uh, the hour. Uh, we're also giving out. POAPs to all of the SDs. Uh, you can mint the POAP through the POAP app in your mobile phone, and you select secret word, and the secret word is passive underscore yield, uh, ad hoc to our conversation today. Um, I want to also give a shout out to the Origin team for uh, participating in this space and giving us all of this additional context into Origin, OUSD, and uh, your personal DeFi journeys. Thank you, Peter, John, Thank you. Appreciate the time, guys. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Well, I think that wraps it up. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Uh, I'll see, we'll see you next in two weeks with Reserve Protocol. Thank you. <laughs>